we're starting a new series this morning called Detox. Detox. I don't know if you've ever detoxed before. Uh, maybe you're planning on detoxing, and uh, maybe uh, am I the only one that needs to detox after all the after all the Christmas food and all the New Year's food? Can I get a witness, somebody? You know what I'm talking about there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Detox. We're 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 not talking about necessarily doing that alone, but but talking about what that looks like with our with our whole lives. We're really entering into a season of the church that I'm I don't know. I'm just so excited about it's. Uh, something that I'm, we're going to really just talk about it for the, the whole message today. But we're, we're entering into a time of prayer and fasting. And we're doing this for a very strategic reason is because we, we believe that only, uh, that there are, there are things that we can only achieve in our personal lives and as a church whenever we seek the Lord. We believe that, that truly seeking God is what, what changes us. That whenever we come to Jesus by faith, we, we, we are, He transforms our heart and our life. But but, but sanctification, following after him, growing in him, becoming a disciple, is, it's available, but it's not automatic. And we're going to talk about what that looks like and all those good things. I love that it's a new year. This is one of my favorite times of the year. It's like we get to hit the reset button. If I don't know how 2015 was for you, maybe it was incredible. Maybe it had some difficulty. Maybe there are things you wish you could do over. And I believe God gives us at the new year a brand new start and a fresh opportunity to, to have a do-over, to start all over again. And we're, we're actively making resolutions. How many has made a re- resolution? Anybody want to raise your hand if you made some type of... How many didn't make a resolution this year? Yeah, well, yeah, be proud, be proud. I, I saw a statistic that said over 30% of people don't make a resolution. Like, not going to worry about it, not going to think about it. Just going to keep on going with life. That's okay. But there's something about the new year... With this fresh start, with this idea, people are making resolutions. We're dreaming about what our lives could be or should be. And I believe it's for a reason. I believe we do this at the beginning of the year because we know intrinsically that we are made for more. We know intrinsically that we were, we're called to live a life that's oftentimes beyond what we're doing right now. That, that our lives, we truly want them to matter. We truly want it to make a difference beyond ourselves. And we look around and many times we're just simply stuck in a rut and we lose the edge in our life. There's some things we were so sharp about, so excited about. Maybe when we were younger or right when we got out of college or high school. Or we were just so excited about life and the world is our oyster. And then we get in the middle of life and we realize it's kind of hard. <laughs> There are difficulties and bills to pay and mortgages and all those wonderful things. And we get stuck in a rut so many times in life and we need to hit the reset button. We need to know that we can do it all over again. No matter what 2015 was like, 2016 can be different. I didn't, this is not in your notes, but it's on the screen. I want to show you a time in the Old Testament where some people lost their edge in the middle of their work. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 2, it's t- telling us the story about a group of young men that were building a school for God. They were building the school of the prophets. This was a place where people would come and learn more about God. They were doing a good thing. We can all agree it was not a bad thing they were doing. They weren't trying to do something negative. They were doing something good for God. And in the middle of it, verse 5 says, As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head that he was using fell into the water. And he said, Oh no, my Lord, it was borrowed. This is kind of one of those... Lesser known stories in the Old Testament. And it's kind of odd. This tells a story about a man that's chopping down a tree. He's trying to do it to build something. 
And in the middle of building it, his, he loses his edge. In the middle of building it, he loses the sharpness of, his, of what he was using. And isn't that in us in life at times that we, in the middle of life, in the middle of, of, of what we're doing, we don't know exactly when it happens, but we just kind of lose our edge. Maybe it's our edge spiritually. We lose our edge and it just kind of goes away and we think, what can we do? Well, I came to bring some hope to you and to let you know that maybe you've lost your edge in 2015. Maybe there are some issues and areas of your life that you wish could be better this new year. And I want you to know it can be. I want you to know that God brought you here today to let you know that he has an incredible plan for your life. That, that no matter how dull things may have become, that there can be a fresh edge that comes on your life. See, we're kind of like the story of the two men that were having a, a competition on who could cut down the most trees. The story goes that there was an older man who had been cutting trees down for years and years and years. He was a lumberjack and... He was, he, was, he was weathered by the sun. He was someone, this is what he always did. He'd been doing it for, for many, many years, his whole career. And then there was a young, strong guy. Man, he, he had all of the muscles. He, he knew what it was like. He, he was so excited to be you know, a lumberjack and to cut down trees. And he, he was challenged this, by this old man. This, there was a challenge happening saying, who can cut down the most trees? And the young man, he was just kind of... He, 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 was, he was upset that that would even be a challenge. You know, he had all the strength. He had all the vitality. He was excited to be able to cut this down. And the story goes that as they started working, the young man, he just, he gave it all he had. He, he, he hit the tree as many times as he could. There were chips flying all over the place. But strangely, the older man was just a little bit ahead of him at the beginning. And then whenever... He wasn't even done cutting the first tree and he sits down and he rests a little while and then he stands back up and then he chops the tree down. And then he sits back down and he rests and he gets up and he chops the tree down. He, 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 he continues this process while the young man just keeps on hitting the tree and hitting the tree and hitting the tree and hitting the tree. And the story goes that the one who won was actually the older man. And the young man was just could not understand because he had more strength, he had more ability. But what he learned is that the older man had more wisdom. Because every time he was sitting down to rest, he was actually sharpening his axe. So the young man, he had more strength, but he was not sharp. He hit it with everything that he had, but, but he was only using his strength with a dull edge. But the older man with less strength and more wisdom. He was able to cut down and have a sharp edge. Maybe that's you the younger man. Where you have just been working so hard to get a breakthrough in your life. And you don't know why you can't get a breakthrough in some area of your life. And I believe that God wants to give you a new axe head. God wants to give you a brand new sharpness and a brand new edge to who you are and to your walk with God. I want to ask you a question this morning. In what area of your life do you need a breakthrough? In what area of your life do you currently need a breakthrough? Is there some area where you need God to show up? You need something to happen that's beyond yourself and you've tried and you've swung at it and you've tried to make it happen, but it's just not happening the way that you thought it would happen. I dedicate this message to someone who is looking for a breakthrough. Because I believe as a church we're entering a season of breakthrough. 
I believe we're entering into a season where there are going to be some things that we've been working on for a long time that through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is going to give us a fresh edge and we're going to see breakthroughs happen in our lives, in our families, in our financial situations, in our workplaces, in our relationships. I believe in our walk with God, most of all, we're going to begin to see some breakthroughs take place that maybe we've tried for many, many years on our own power and our own ability to get a breakthrough, but we haven't been able to get it. On our own. I want to show you a passage of scripture. It is in your notes where Jesus was dealing with a group of people that needed a breakthrough. They needed a breakthrough. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. I want to read some of it, then I'll comment on what Jesus was doing. The Bible says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic. I bet there are times my parents would say that about me whenever I was a kid. He's a lunatic, right? Sore vexed. I think that's just a fancy King James way of saying he had issues. <laughs> he had bad issues. It says, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. So he's uncontrollable. He had issues. He was, had the devil. He had problems in his life. Verse 17 says, and Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Watch this. This group, this man that had a son that had an issue came to Jesus and said, he came to Jesus' disciples and said, could you help me? And they tried everything that they knew how to do. They tried their own ability. They tried their own, in, they, they tried all of the, all of the things. I can just imagine in my mind's eye, you know, they're like, well, we saw Jesus do this one thing with his hand whenever he kind of waved it this way and, you know, could do this, you know, and it was like a, you know, he, they just fell. I don't know what happened, you know, and they're thinking, look, well, well, James, try that. You know, Peter, why don't you try something different? You know, they're trying all the things that they know how to do. And it's like, no help. And they bring them to Jesus and Jesus gives them a diagnosis of why they did not heal the man. He says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? And they came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, how, what's, what's the deal? Jesus went ahead and healed the boy and the disciples came up and said, what's going on? Why couldn't we heal, heal the boy? And Jesus begins to give them a prescription, begins to show them the problem in their life. And then he begins to give them a prescription. And simply this, he tells them, you need a detox. Tells them you need to detox. A detox simply uh, defined is the removal of toxic substances from a living organism. Detox. That, 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 that there's some toxic things inside of these disciples and they need to have it come out. They need to, for, for, for this to come out of them again. I heard when I, you think about detox, a lot of times you think about alcohol and detoxing from alcohol. I heard a story um, about, a, about a man one time. He was a, just a good old country boy, and he was driving down the road, and he had had too many. And the policeman stopped him and said, um, you know, sir, what have you been drinking? He said, water. He said, well, the officer said, well, sir, it smells like wine. He said, look, the Lord done done it again. <laughs> Sorry, that's a dumb joke. <laughs> But, but detox, to, to, to get some things out of us. What was inside of them? Here's the first one. It's in your notes that they were faithless. And here's what it means, that they were not connected enough to God. That The reason they couldn't get a breakthrough is because they weren't connected enough. They were not connected to God. They had some faith issues. 
Jesus goes on to say, because of your little faith. In other words, you have a little bit of faith. You're not connecting enough to God. You're connecting to the world. You're connecting to people around you. We're connected to social media. We're connected to all these different things. But, but, but there's some things in our lives that we will not have a breakthrough unless we're connected to God. Unless we take time to say, I'm going to put everything else away and I'm going to connect to God. I'm going to open His Word. I'm going to see what God's Word would say to me. I'm faithless when I do not spend time with God. Here's the second thing that he says. He says, you're perverse. Perverse simply means this. I'll simply define it as this. You're too connected to the world. You don't have a breakthrough in your life because you're not connected enough to God. And then you're too connected to everything else. You're too connected to the world. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, Jesus tells the parable of the seed and the sower. And he says of the seed, he said, the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. Watch this. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. In other words, the very world that God created can choke out the word in our hearts. That, that, that many times we don't have the breakthrough that we need like the disciples because they were not connected enough to God and they were too connected to the world. And, and my job is not to define that for you. That's what I love. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I made up my mind as a pastor that I'm, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do his job because he does a lot better job than what I could do. I could go and call out 50 different things that you should stop doing or not do or all those things. But, but, but here's, here's the greatest thing. I, I wonder what it would look like if each of us individually went to the Lord at the very beginning of this year and said, God, is there anything in my life that I need to detox from? You see, if we get dealing with lists... Each and every one of us can have a list and check it off and feel good about ourselves. But many times there are things that would not be on my list that are issues in your heart that you need to deal with God. It may not even be sin. It may just be some good things that you have allowed to become your focus. And it's something that you need to take to God. My prayer is that people that are part of this church, us collectively, myself included, is that we would be a people of conviction. I believe conviction is one of the most powerful things that a Christian could ever possess. Too many times convictions become legalistic and people take their convictions and put it on everyone else. That's not what I'm talking about. But whenever we become the kind of people that when we go to God, the closer we get to God, the more we understand what he likes and what he doesn't like in our life. I'll say it like this, that, that, that I've been married this month will be 10 years to my wife and I could just about order for her at about any restaurant we go to. And the reason that I can do that is because we've ate a lot of meals together in the last 10 years. That, 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 that I know what she likes and I know what she doesn't like. Does that mean if, we're, if I couldn't do that, then we're not married? No. I'm not talking today about that, that, that you don't even, you're not even saved. No, you don't even love God. I'm not talking that at all. But here's what I am talking about, that, that the more you know him, 
the more you understand what is working and what is not working, what he likes and what he doesn't like. My wife doesn't even have to say anything to me to let me know she's upset, and all the husbands know what I'm talking about. It's just a look, just that crazy eye that you get from across the room. Nobody else sees it but me, and I say, oh, Lord, I need to, I need to stop, or I just said something wrong. Or my sons, they're starting to understand it now with me. They can kind of look and see. You know, they know I didn't think I could do it. But, but I don't know, when you become, I guess whenever you become a dad, you just get that crazy eye that you just put on the kids sometimes, you know. It's like, you better not do that, you know. What is that? I believe that's kind of how our relation, the closer we get to God, there's some convictions that we get in our lives where there may be some good things. There may be some things that we do or things that we don't do. And we, I, just, I just pray that we would ask God, is there anything you want me to detox from this year? But what I love about God, he doesn't just stop there and says, you got a problem. But he actually lifts us up and says, here's the solution. It's not in your notes, but Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, I just want to read it to you. As he's talking to them about why they could not um, have, have this breakthrough in their life, Jesus simply says, this kind goes out only by prayer and fasting. In other words, this type of situation, it only, it, you can only get a breakthrough in this area. This is a special thing. You can only get breakthrough in this area of your life by doing something, by prayer and by fasting. It's as if that there are certain issues, certain breakthroughs, certain things in our lives that we cannot receive or we cannot achieve in our personal walk with God unless we connect to this prescription, this detox, if you will, of what Jesus tells us we need to do. We need to detox and we need to begin to pray and fast. Here's, here's what prayer does. And I'll, it's, it's, it's so fascinating to me that Jesus connects these and how he's able to do it. See, their first issue, remember, they were faithless. They didn't connect enough to God. But watch what prayer is the answer. Because prayer connects us to God. When we pray, prayer connects us to God. When we spend time with Him, whenever we talk to Him, we begin to have more confidence in Him. Our relationship gets stronger. John 15 verse 4 says... Remain in me and I will remain in you. In other words, that there is an aspect of our walk with God that there's just this constant communication of prayer. I talked a lot about that last week. And if you weren't here, check out the podcast and find out more about what it looks like to pray and have a heart of our Father and how we pray to Him. So prayer connects us to God. But watch this. Fasting disconnects us from the world. So why couldn't we have a breakthrough, Jesus? Well, here's your two issues. You're too connected. You're not connected enough to me. You're too connected to the world. Well, here's your answer. Here's how you begin to have the breakthrough. You need to connect with me through prayer. And then you need to disconnect from the world through fasting. Fasting is one of the least known disciplines of the church. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about what fasting is all about. Fasting is not suffering to make God happy. Just the more I hurt myself, the more it pleases God. That's a sick view of who God is. 
Fasting is not trying to manipulate God. God, if I don't do this, then, then you'll give me this, what I want. No, it's not trying to manipulate God. Why would you want to manipulate God? He is a good father that loves us and he's never going to give us something wrong. Why would we try to manipulate God? But, 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 but fasting is not, in fasting is also, it's not a requirement. You're not not saved or not blessed or not whatever if you don't fast. But here's what fasting is. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to go to some different places in your personal walk with God. To get some breakthroughs, if you will, that you would have never been able to have. Except by connecting to God through prayer and disconnecting from the world through fasting. See, this is, this is a pillar of this church. I don't know if, if, if you've heard this story before, but the, the, even the vision of this church came during a time of prayer and fasting. During a season of prayer and fasting at the church that I was working at in Florida, it was in the middle of a time of prayer and fasting, and instead of going to lunch... I had went to, a, to uh, just another area of the church I worked at, just kind of another place where nobody was during the day. It was kind of like a little side chapel. And instead of going to lunch, I went there to pray. Not about anything specific, not about our future, not about what we do someday, not about moving, not about anything like that. But in that little chapel by myself when I promise you, I wanted to be eating some good food that day. But I had taken some time aside to say, God, I want... To hear your heart, God, I want, I want my flesh to be silenced. I want to be able to hear what it is you would say. I want to have an unbroken communion with you. I want to connect with you in a way that I normally don't because I'm just so driven by this world and my own appetite. And, and I'd taken time aside to do that. And it was in that time of prayer, just that simple time of prayer, nothing spectacular, nobody, no choir singing, no, no bells ringing, no, no masses of people, no thus saith the Lord. But just in that moment of prayer, it's whenever the Lord put on my heart, it is Knoxville. And God put it in my spirit that I was supposed to come and supposed to do this. And I got a vision for what I was going to be doing here, and that's then three years ago. That, that, that I believe that, that there are certain aspects, and I'm not saying that happens every time you fast and pray, but here's what I do know, that there are some things that will only come about in your walk with God but by fasting and prayer. And if you've never experienced before, I just challenge you as a pastor, please just give God a chance. You say, well, I don't know about all that. You know, you know it's, it's, it's worth a chance. If you always do what you've always done, you're just going to always get what you've always had. But I, I want to challenge you to go deeper in your walk with God than maybe you've ever been before. Because this kind, some kinds only go out by prayer and fasting. Look at the life of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 verse 1, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. He left Jordan and was led into the wilderness where for 40 days... He was tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days. And one of the funniest verses in all the Bible is simply this little line. And at the end of them, he was hungry. Well, no duh, he was hungry, right? <laughs> after, 40, after about 40 minutes, I'm hungry. <laughs> 40 days, my Lord. But what was it? Before the ministry of Jesus, before the empowerment that came on him to do that. And he was God. He could have done whatever he wanted to do. 
He was no more God or less God before or after the fast. But you know what? As our example, he taught us that there are certain anointings for ministry that we will only receive after times of consecration and prayer and fasting to God. You see, we're a triune being. We are, we are, we are first of all, we're body, we're also soul, and we're also spirit. Uh, our body connects to ourselves. Our body says, it's lunchtime. Our body says, it's cold outside. Somebody was cold this morning. Our body, our body communicates to ourselves. It's just we're in a constant conversation with ourselves. It's, it's, it's a part of who we are. Our body tells us when we're hungry, when we're cold, when we're tired, certain urges. Our body is, is very much part of what we do. And sometimes um, our body leads. We're, we're not only our body, we're a soul. Our soul connects to others. Our soul connects to others. Our soul is able to, to talk to one another and, and be encouraged by one another and, and are depressed by one another. You know, it's, 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 it's part of how we communicate and connect with other people in relationships. And lastly, our spirit connects with God. Our spirit connects with God. Here's what I wanted to say this morning is that one of these are the strongest in your life. Which one is it? Which one of these three is the strongest in your life? Is it your soul? It's your connection to people that your, your life is defined by what other people think about you and what the, the car you drive and the pictures you post and, the, and, and the, in your friendships and relations. Like that's the livelihood of you. Or is it your body? Just whatever feels good, do it. Whatever the thrill of the moment, I can live in it. But just whatever my body says. Or is it your spirit? Because here's the thing, whichever one of these is the strongest is the one that leads the rest. And it's the one that if your body is in control, it can actually destroy the other two. If your body's in control, you can have so much substance, you could try so many drugs and alcohol or, or get into situations where you can actually destroy your spirit and your soul. You can, you can destroy those because it's leading. Or you can have a soul that your relationships and what everybody else thinks about you just fuels it to the point where you can actually kill your body. There's people that have got so depressed, they've actually just tried to destroy their body. But if you'll allow your spirit man to be in control. If, if, if your connection to God is stronger than just your connection to your body's urges. And your connection to the affirmation from other people. Then you're truly living the life that God has called for you to live. And here's what fasting does. Watch. Here's what prayer and fasting does. With prayer and fasting, you kind of get like a twofer. Two for one. Here's, here's what prayer and fasting does. Prayer and fasting actually strengthens your spirit and weakens the body. Prayer strengthens our connection to God, all the while it weakens our connection just to ourselves and to everybody else. It actually strengthens us so that we can connect. Here's, here's what fasting and prayer does. Here, fasting and prayer simply says this, that, that I'm desperate for God. I'm desperate for God. The psalmist said, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. God, more than food, more than, 
more than media, more than anything else that I normally feed my soul with, God, I want to say in 2016 that unless you help me, unless you give me the strength, unless you strengthen my mind and my body and give me the right ideas and the right thoughts, God, I will not be able to make it. God, I am desperate for you. God, I am so desperate for your presence. I'm desperate for your favor. I desperately need you. That's what I pray that this season of prayer and fasting as a church, that it takes us into a time where we say, God, I'm more desperate for you than, I'm, than I am for anything else in my life. Like your first place, I'm so desperate for you. And secondly, prayer and fasting says this, that I'm refocusing on eternal things. I'm refocusing on eternal things. As I was putting this message together, I thought, oh God, how many times do I only focus on the natural things? The natural issues, the natural problems, the natural circumstances, just the natural things that I can see and hear. I'm reminded of the Old Testament story whenever the the, the prophet had a servant uh, who was surrounded by the armies of the enemy. And he said, God, open his eyes. That he could see that really, that there's a reality beyond what he can see. And that God's armies are actually surrounding the armies of the enemy. See, I believe God wants to give us an eternal perspective. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, after he had spoke with the woman at the well who he was helping and sharing the love of God with. He says, says Jesus, um, it says in John chapter 4 verse 31, I'm sorry, John chapter 4. It says, meanwhile, his disciples were urging him, saying, Jesus, Rabbi, eat. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food that you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while they were gone? The disciples asked each other. I love it. The disciples are so clueless. And Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and for finishing his work. In other words, Jesus is saying, these guys are worried about Chick-fil-A. And Jesus is saying, hey guys, you're totally missing it. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with the natural things. But there is a spiritual nourishment that whenever we're doing the will of God, that we can only receive whenever we're seeking after Him. I have meat to eat that you know not of, Jesus said. I want to conclude today by sharing just three promises that I want to just speak over your life. Those of you that are going to be part of this. I, for, for 21 days, starting today, um, we're, we're going to, we're, we're calling this the very beginning, even though most of us are not going to start fasting until tomorrow. But we're going to be having 21 days of prayer and fasting um, starting today. And here's, here's what it's going to look like. I want, you to challenge, I want to challenge you to talk to the Lord Just ask him what he'd have you do during this time. Because here's what I know. This will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. If you decide at the first of this year to put God first, then this will be the best year you've ever had. Why? Because your spirit man's going to be leading the way. You're going to be leading the way in your walk with God. So on on cityhills.com and on our app, there are all kinds of, there's a, personal prayer guide that you can download and has all kinds of ideas about fasting and prayer and journaling and reading the Bible and a one-year Bible. It has all kinds of things like that where you can do it. But, but I, I just want to challenge us as a body to, to take the very first of this year and commit it to Jesus in prayer and in fasting, that you would 
ask the Lord, what is it that you would have me fast? What is it that you would have me disconnect from so that I can connect to you from? Connect to you like I never have before. From 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., Monday through Friday, we're going to have this, the church office open for a special time of prayer and worship. I promise if you've, if you've never done this with us, we, we did this for 21 days before the church launched. And uh, what we do, we, we have, uh, for some days we have live praise and worship. Uh, some days we webcast in with, uh, with other churches across the country. And we have, every, every time we come together, there'll be a teaching, there'll be wor- live worship, and then there, there'll be a time of prayer individually. And then we'll all come together and we'll just pray uh, in victory to, to conclude the day. And I promise you will, walk, you will not go to sleep. If you do, we'll wake you up. Don't worry about that. We'll make sure you wake up. But, but, but it'll be an exciting time that you'll leave energized in the Holy Ghost. And you'll be excited to take on your day. We're going to be doing this for the next 21 days. Monday through Friday, 6 to 7. And then on Saturdays from 9 to 10. And I want to challenge you to make a sacrifice. And to put God first. Not for the sake of the church. I don't, I don't get any special points by how many people show up at 6 a.m. But I want it for your sake. What would it look like if this year you did something crazy? Did something like you never have before and just really radically put God first? And say, God, would you teach me? God, would you give me a breakthrough? God, would you do something beyond? I need you desperately in my life. For those of you that maybe um, with getting kids up or with work, maybe six to seven just doesn't work for your work schedule or Um, You can actually go on our website, cityhills.com, or download the app Periscope. I don't know if you have that app, but uh, we we have a Periscope account at City Hills, and you can can go on your phone if you're not able to be there for a day, and we will just stream in exactly what we're doing, and you can wake up and pray right with us. But but here's, here's the thing. I want for your sakes that you would experience something like never before, an empowerment of God. A deeper maybe than you've ever been in your, in your personal walk with God. But I believe there are certain things. I don't understand it. Only happen through prayer and fasting. And watch this. I want to show you three things and we'll be done. Isaiah 58 verse 8 says then. There's three thens in this passage. And it's talking about fasting. It says then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go on before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing of the finger and malicious talk. God says there's a detox that's going to happen. And here's what's going to promise to you. If you'll fast, if you'll take time to disconnect from the world, Connect to God through prayer. Here's what I'll do. First of all, he said, then your healing will quickly appear. There are some broken things in some lives in this room that God wants to bring some healing to. I believe in the season of prayer and fasting, God promises that there will be, a, there will be supernatural healing, whether that's physical or emotional. It doesn't matter. What, whatever the broken places are in you, that I believe that God wants to bring some fresh healing to you. That He's saying, I'll promise, if you'll, if you'll take a step, there's be some healing. The second then 
promises, then your righteousness will go forth before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Simply this, he says, the second promise is, is the promise of holiness. The first is the promise that I'll heal you. The second is that there'll be some holiness that will come into your life. And here's what I mean by that. Simply this, not, not that we'll all be perfect, not perfection, not even close. But simply this, that, that, that the word righteous or holy simply means set apart for a purpose. So God says, I will put your life on the path of your purpose. That there will be something, a, 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 a righteousness, a life that's not like other lives. A life that's not like everybody else at work. But there'll be something different. You'll be set apart, righteous, holy for the purpose and the call of God. Pure. And here's the third. I love it. He says, then you'll call on me and he will answer. You will cry for help and watch what the Lord will say. Here I am. The third promise is is the promise of divine help. God says, through prayer and fasting... Through seeking after me the first of this year, I'll give you healing. For whatever it is you're facing in your life, I'll, I'll give you healing. I'll bring some holiness into your life, some righteousness. Some, I'll put you on the path toward your purpose to be set apart. And lastly, I promise I'm going to help you. I'll help if you'll detox in this place. What I love about the first story that I told um, here this morning about the axe head that fell into the water... It didn't stay there. And the reason why we have that story in the Old Testament is because the prophet of the Lord, they went to the man of God. They, they went to the right place whenever their edge became dull. And they said, would you help us? And the Bible says the man of God took a stick and he put it into the water. I'm sure they were thinking, what in the world is this all about? But whenever he put the stick into the water, that's what the scripture says, that the axe head, that iron axe head, began to come up and floated at the top of the water and they picked it up and went about. I'm sure those people in the Old Testament are thinking, what in the world is this about? <laughs> a stick and water and accent. Like, I don't understand what it's about. But the thing that we get the privilege of having is a perspective. And we understand that it had nothing to do with the stick. Just being a stick. But it was what it represented. It showed us that It represents the cross. Because the things that have fallen in your life, the things that look like they're so far gone that they could never rise again, it was was an impossibility for that axe head to ever be able to float again. Whenever they put the tree and whenever we put the cross into those broken situations, when we seek God, whenever we allow Him to be in our impossibility, things that should never float begin to come to the surface and edges that were lost begin to be sharp again so that we can do what God has called called us to do. I want to declare this this morning, that God's word says that his gifts and his callings are without repentance. In other words, if God's ever called you, you're still called. If God's ever called you to ministry, you can't make enough mistakes for God not to call you to ministry because his callings are without repentance. They're irrevocable because that's the kind of God we serve. And he can take the things you never thought would float again. Thought you'd lost the edge forever. And he can bring it back again. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed in this place today. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're far from God. You don't know Jesus Christ. 
I want to give you an opportunity to know Him. The, the, the worst impossibility that we'll ever face in life is the impossibility of our sin. It forever disconnects us from God. But when we call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says we're saved. Whenever we come to Jesus and say, I cannot do this alone. I need your help. I need your strength. I need you to help me. We love to make it so simple and easy to take that first step toward Jesus. To simply say, Lord, I need you. If that's you today and you need to be saved, you need to come to Jesus, you need help, you need a brand new start. This new year has just awakened in your own heart that you can't do it alone. You need God. I want to invite you to pray with me today, with all of us today. Just simply say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I can't make it without you. I've tried to live my own life and go my own way. It hasn't worked out. I surrendered God to you. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you from this day forward. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a brand new life. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And for the rest of us in this house, God, when we just pray to the Lord together, Lord, we need you, Jesus. God, I pray that there would be something that you would, that you would just speak to us like only you can. Lord, that you would draw us to a place of deeper consecration, to a place of prayer and fasting, Lord. Lord, I know this is, the enemy is not happy about this because this is going to draw people closer to the Lord than they've ever been. God, I pray you would speak to us. God, show us the things we need to detox from and help us to seek after you in prayer and fasting in Jesus' name. Amen.